Welcome to the first ever Repertoire Happy Hour. Uh, this is part of the Global Bandroom podcast. So you might be joining me on Global Bandroom on Facebook or on YouTube, or you might be hearing this on the podcast stream. So this is going to be a monthly show that we play on the Global Bandroom uh, podcast stream. So you don't know, need to look, download another podcast or anything like that. You're just Keep on downloading your weekly podcast at the Global Band Room and you'll be able to get this as well. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined by my three guests tonight. I have Andrew Jordan from uh, Limerick here in, in Ireland with me, a fellow, fellow Irishman. I have Gail Brechting from uh, Michigan, USA uh, with the Association of Concert Bands. And I have Mark Nichols uh, from Texas. And is it Brazzawood uh, High School? Is that how I pronounce it? Uh, Brazzaswood. Brazoswood High School and with Santa Clara Vanguard as well. So uh, delighted to have uh, four, uh, the four of us together and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to planning this imaginary concert. Uh, have, have you guys had an opportunity to plan any real concerts this year, by the way? Gail, uh, have you had, a, had the opportunity to plan any real concerts? Yes, we're doing a virtual series. So cool. with it, uh, we played one band selection. Four, we have four virtual concerts, just like a regular season. Uh, we did Midnight Sleigh Ride, the Tom Wallace arrangement uh, from Prokofiev uh, Sargent. And um, what we did is one piece and everybody submitted theirs and then it gets put together. And then I also let anybody that wanted to do any kind of a chamber ensemble of any sort, it was up to them to do it, to put it together and to submit it. And then our concert's about 30 to 40 minutes long. It's really pretty cool. We did cool. one in October and um, we've got one that's going to be released tomorrow. And so it's been fun. It's a lot of hard work for the editing. That part's right. been fun, but it's fun. Why not? We're all, busy. we're all getting better at that though this year, right? <laughs> what about you, Andrew? Uh, have uh, Boher Boy, Redemptress? I've been seeing pictures on Facebook that you've yeah, had your fans doing some outdoor stuff. Yeah, thankfully um, we have. Um, I suppose Christmas is one of our busiest times of the year, and particularly for fundraising. And our band, the Boer Boy Brass and Reed Band, have been out um, each Saturday and Sunday for the last couple of weeks, just performing on the streets of Limerick. Um, we're allowed to meet as a group of 15 outdoors at the moment. Um, so that allows for us to do kind of some kind of easier band rep. Um, and it's great. We got to do Christmas Festival last week. So I was happy. Yes. <laughs> um, so we've been just doing a mixed selection of, of Christmas music. And actually, uh, one of the schools I teach in, uh, Rockwell Academy of Music, actually had a very innovative idea this year for their Christmas performances. They did um, um, a kind of a thing called uh, Deer, Drop Everything and Run. So every 30 minutes um, when the kids were having their lessons, a bell would go and each student would come to the hall and perform whatever piece they're working on for each other. So it was kind of like a concert for ourselves, but it was great. Every 30 minutes, it was like a new concert. Um, Brilliant. So, you know, it was great. It was really, really good fun. And lots of our beginning students had an opportunity to perform for the very first time. So that was really good. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I don't know uh, about you, Mark. I mean, our, our schools here and our, our bands here, a lot of the time the beginners, a Christmas concert will normally be uh, the first opportunity they ever have to play for their parents. Uh, is that the same same for you? It is. And we did um, kind of a mix of things depending on where our students were. We have a lot of our higher ensemble students were face-to-face. -face, so we were able to actually give a, a concert performance with them. It was a no audience performance. Um, so our top ensemble gave a normal concert just in an empty auditorium. Our uh, school's under construction. So we actually had to go yeah. to our sister school to give the concert. 
Um, and we just set up and all the chairs were 10 feet apart and we're in windows and wore a mask and we we're coming in and out. And then we did our concert and had our audio visual department uh, record it for us. Um, so our top band played, uh, they did some of the dancery because we had um, our jazz band is getting ready to play for a conference. And so since they were out a lot of time during rehearsal, um, everyone else played the dancery. There's a little flex band version of it. Uh, we did Blessed Are They for someone who had uh, a friend of the program that had passed away. Um, did Sleigh Ride, of course, because you have to do Sleigh Ride every year. Um, and we, we were able to put that together. And then I did uh, the Elliot de Borgo Fantasia for Christmas, the one based on Carol de Bells. Um, and then our second band had a couple of at-home kids. So we did a combination of live and then other people sync their individual performance on top of it. Like you said, a lot of editing. And we did a jazz arrangement, White Christmas, where I kind of wrote out the flute part. It was this alto part. Um, we had a couple of vocalists from our school sing with us. And then we did um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I was actually in a, a full Grinch outfit for that, which was fun. <laughs> um, and then our third and fourth bands combined, because they're about half at home. And we used Soundtrap. And we pull kids in that were in person in groups and they would record and we did percussion first just to get everything really solid and then the next set of kids would hear everyone who recorded before them so we did uh deck the halls with tips and salsa oh yeah which is a great nice. yeah it's a great piece um and we did a percussion first and then we did the motor part which is uh tequila uh yeah. the song over and over again the whole time and then we slowly layered people in and then our at-home kids would submit videos and we would just layer them on top but they had headphones in so they could hear we had already recorded. So in the spring, we learned trial by fire what didn't work. And so mm -hmm. we're getting closer to what did, but we're still, each time we do it, we're like, I wish I would have done this instead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're learning a little bit each time. Does anyone here not enjoy planning Christmas concerts? Because I know there's some Grinches out there. Uh, <laughs> you say you were dressed as a Grinch, Mark, but are you, are you a Grinch in real life? No, I am uh, all about Christmas. My only thing is it can't start till after Thanksgiving. Oh, like, fair. And my wife and I have a, a running debate about when we can start decorating. Um, <laughs> but my wedding anniversary is on December 23rd. So we've always had kind of our anniversary tied into Christmas. So we love all things Christmas. Nice. Aww. Nice. I, I think all four of us here are, are all about Christmas, I think, probably uh, by the looks of it. I know my, my, myself and Andrew definitely uh, yeah. put, the, put the clothes on anyway for us. I'm very, I'm very, very warm right now. <laughs> so, uh, so this is Repertoire Happy Hour, and for anyone that would like to kick back and help us plan our uh, imaginary concert called. So if we're putting our program together, the name of this program is A 2020 Christmas, and so we'll see whether uh, whether whether 2020 has an impact on on this uh, imaginary program. But you can also kick back and have a drink with us. And I'm going to start us off today uh, by telling you a little bit about what I'm having. Uh, so I live in a place in the centre of Ireland, very close to a place called Athlone, and Athlone is home to the oldest bar in Ireland. And uh, I think it is the oldest bar in the world. It was, um, it's in the Guinness Book of World Records, and I think it's the oldest bar, uh, one of the oldest businesses. Uh, it's still surviving in the world. Um, uh, it's it's called Sean's Bar, but it was called Lewin's Bar, and the town of Athlone is named after the bar. So Athlone means the town of Lewin, and uh, and it was called Lewin's Bar. So this is the Lewin edition of Sean's whiskey, and that's what I'm uh, having tonight. So I had to support the local 
the local whiskey. Uh, that bar was has been serving since 900 AD, so uh, you know, still going, still going strong. Uh, Gail, what are you, uh, what are you drinking? Well, first of all, the mug I have is a local brewery called Old Boys, and it is one of the first breweries in this west side of Michigan where I live. Uh, it's been around for I think 25 years. The brewery itself. And it was named after two old dogs called the old boys. And so that's what this is from. We were mug members, but the beer that I am drinking, I like stouts. And this is called, this is another local brewery called the Armory, which is in Grand Haven near where I live. And I think we've been there, Keith, when you came over. We have. Yes. Yeah. And it's called Nuttier Business. And it's a <laughs> peanut butter stout. It's delicious uh, to drink. My sister-in-law actually works not at the brewery, but lives in condos as part of the uh, the, the armory. It was a real armory uh, back in its day and has been converted into many wonderful things, stores and, and places like that. But it's a really a delicious stout, yep, for sure. Nice. Yep, thanks. Andrew, what are you having today? Um, not quite as interesting as you <laughs> but I have a cup of tea. So it was to, to match the other um, stereotype of, of the Irish um, tea drinking is a favorite pastime of us all. Um, and it's Barry's tea to be specific. Um, oh, bad choice. Yeah, well, <laughs> the country is fairly divided um, on our tea choices. And I guess probably, Keith, would you say Barry's and Lines would probably be the two? I, I was going to say I'm a Lines gold blend only. Um, so Lines would be typically kind of more north, kind of midlands north of, of the country, more Dublin. And yeah. Barry's is from Cork. Um, so, and I'm from Limerick, which would be very close to Cork. So that's my choice of tea. <laughs> I have to tell you, Keith, when we came over in January, my husband mm -hmm. and I are coffee drinkers. And, and we, we just have no reason to necessarily drink tea. Our mm. families didn't. But when we came back from Ireland in January, we both drink tea in the afternoon now. Really? So, <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, a lot of a lot of Irish families will send their their children that are abroad will send them a care package at this time of year with boxes of tea, whether berries or lines, depending on your 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 persuasion, uh, and uh, and and tato crisps, uh, or maybe and uh, maybe uh, Denny's uh, sausages then as well. <laughs> it's typical as well during the summer when families travel abroad, particularly to places like Spain, they will bring their own tea bags with them. Um, because it's it's that important to them that they have their own tea bags. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> uh, Mark, what are you what are you having to uh, to drink tonight? So it, it's four o'clock here, and I have a church event tonight. So I currently am having water, which is not exciting. But normally I would be having Angel's Envy is my usually yeah. uh, choice, which is um, aged in port wine barrels. Uh, it's a mm. bourbon that's aged in port wine barrels, and it's very smooth and can be very dangerous. But that would usually be my my beverage of choice after church tonight. That will be my, what I will be enjoying. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, uh, Jameson, uh, the, the the Irish whiskey has a uh, Jameson cask mates now, where they uh, they age the the whiskey in different types of uh, barrels, so it, for different for different infusions. It's uh, it's really good. Definitely worth trying out. Yes. So uh, what we're going to do, if uh, anyone that's listening, if you if you want to uh, come put any any of your thoughts into the comments as we go through planning our concert here, we're going to pick a piece, uh, one piece each under the following grade level. So we have a grade one to two piece that we're going to pick. 
a grade three to four piece and then a grade five plus piece. So if, as we're going through this, anyone that's out there listening uh, would like to put something in the comments that they think they would uh, like to program for a concert or play in a concert, just put it into the um, into the comments. Or if there's a piece that's just very special for you to you for, for any reason, you can put it into the comments and we'll read it out here. Uh, so we'll start with our grade one to two, and I'll go last on this one uh, this time. Uh, maybe, uh, Andrew, if you'd like to kick us off with your... Uh, grade one to two uh, choice. Yeah, sure. Um, so um, I I am a director of a band that would be would fit into this category. So I'm always on the lookout for for different pieces. So I've chosen a piece that many of us will be familiar with. Uh, it's the song "Pure Imagination" from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And I suppose it's not typically Christmas, but for us in Ireland, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is definitely. Um, a film that's synonymous with growing up in Ireland. Um, it's on several times over the Christmas period. And again, every time it comes on, it just gives you that feeling of Christmas. And I suppose this piece for me, and when more so the song, really kind of conjures up the idea of what we do with our, our, our kids on a, on a weekly basis in band. And I suppose that's all about instilling imagination and the different possibilities that our kids have, you know, particularly working with them through our bands and ensembles. Um, so this arrangement of Pure Imagination, um, it's a grade two arrangement. Um, it's by uh, Douglas Wagner. And the program note says, with its message of endless possibilities and dreams fulfilled, this piece from the 1971 um, movie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, um, it's remained popular since the 1970s and even more so today. And the song comes up three times in the movie. Um, and like I said at the start, when I hear this, it just conjures up I suppose those ideas of what's possible in the world and you know particularly for young children you know when you think about Christmas and Santa Claus and you know all their lives in front of them it's you know imagine with imagination anything is anything is possible you know and I think for, for us as musicians I think we've had that through our lives through music we've had endless possibilities you know so I think that's why this piece really kind of hit home for me so um yeah well hopefully this works uh hopefully i'm able to play and people can hear the audio for this um so Uh, Mark, am I right in saying, uh, and um, you know, I'm I'm fairly new to the whole uh, drum corps world. Did Santa Clara Vanguard do Pure Imagination at one point? We did. We did the uh, Fiona Apple version of Pure Imagination, which is a pretty cool original version. And then we put it um, in our Spark of Invention show, which was 2015, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. It was the Tesla coil <laughs> show that we... Uh, push Tesla coils around the field. 
I was fairly sure that I used it as as um, in in the podcast finding drum corps this year. So I was I, I I'm uh, I'm starting to figure out which which uh, which which, which uh, uh, music has been used for which shows. Uh, oh, no, it Mark, was your promo. It was in your promo. That's right. It was. It was in the promo for the for the yeah. episode one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, uh, Mark. Well, well, seeing as how we're with you now at the moment, would you like to tell us about your um your your grade one to two choice here? Yeah, so I've taught a lot of different levels. I'm a Texas band director, so we have usually multiple bands on one campus. And uh, a, a hard struggle is always finding music for our third and fourth band that is enjoyable yet still at their level that they'll be successful at. Um, and so a couple of years ago, just stumbling across a band, I found the Chipmunk song arranged by Ricketts. And the reason I love this one so much is it has a kazoo part, which makes it amazing. <laughs> Uh, that and that's just a winner every time so um they at the beginning it's pretty normal and then all of a sudden in the middle everyone grabs a kazoo and starts playing a kazoo and kids just eat it up it, it kind of helps them sing like kids that are apprehensive to sing you give them a kazoo and they feel like they're not actually singing and so you're able to do some pitch matching that kind of is disguised in the context of making a fun noise but it's it's always a fun concert piece um i've done it couple different times and they've always enjoyed it and it's from the movie isn't it the um it's it's from the chipmunks yeah, movie yeah it is it's the old um it's the old recording where they sped up the sound to do the yeah. chipmunks and i think it's from an episode of the cartoon it might not even be from the movie originally i think it's from an old cartoon episode ah okay uh i'm just uh getting this ready um one second now Okay, and I think... Oh, <laughs> that was a short yeah, fun, for, fun for Walt style, and I think on the repeat, everyone grabs the kazoo and does it, and it's funny because of pre-COVID times, kids would be like, you want me to return my kazoo? I was like, no, I really don't. I really don't <laughs> want anything back that's been in your mouth. Then. <laughs> it's good to teach. I mean, would they have learned a waltz uh, form by that stage? Or is that like yeah. the first time that they may have come across that form? Um, when I've done it with beginners, it's usually an introduction to waltz form mm. at the high school level. Usually I've done something in three and understand a gogic stress, but it's, it's a fun way. We usually all... Talk about like down, press up, and just gives you some fun dance qualities to go with it. Even sometimes making them dance around the room, you know, if you're feeling <laughs> adventurous. That sounds like fun. Uh, Gail, you have another fun one for us then uh, for your beginner band or grade one, two entry. I do. And I retired uh, two years ago from public school teaching. I taught 40 years in, um, in bands. And uh, beginning band primarily, I started thousands of kids on band instruments here in West Michigan. And um, I also taught a lot of general music. So that means I'm in the classroom. And so getting uh, Mark to, to go along with that, I taught the three, four with the uh, Carnival of the Animals and made my kindergartners have to dance the waltz, you know, just by themselves, you know, but doing the yeah. one, two, three, one, two, three, lots of fun stuff. The one I chose. So because of that, I kind of reached out to some of my colleagues around here. We have phenomenal bands in Michigan, especially in West Michigan. 
And so this one came from a, a friend of mine who is a band director in Montague, Michigan, which is just north of me a little bit, also along Lake Michigan, uh, Emma Greenwood. So a shout out to her for, uh, for this. And it's called The Diary of a Grumpy Elf. And it's uh, a Tim Lost piece. And uh, it, is, it is really, really cute. And, and I was thinking if I were to do this, I would get maybe an English teacher to be the elf or perhaps the principal if they're a good speaker or something like this to bring in that really fun way of uh, you know making fun of, but yet having someone who could do it uh, with a funny little elf voice. And so this elf, he, um, he or she, I suppose it could be, they um, are starting to write their diary because it's the first time they've been an elf for Santa and all the things that go wrong. So for 2020, I was thinking this would have been a perfect one if you could have played it because of all the crazy things that happened in Santa's uh, workshop. So uh, <laughs> I would have done this one for sure with my bands if I could have. And I think it's a 0.5 level rather than a one level, which is even simpler. It's kind of considered even better. Easy. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, well, let's play a little bit. Yeah. Here. Dear Diary, it's me, Luan. That's Noel spelled backwards. It's the week before Christmas, and today was my first day on the job. Today's temperature reached 25 degrees below zero. This heat wave put Santa in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fun gail yeah and it goes on and then you know so they're using like i think it's three or four little christmas songs but they put them in different styles so you can teach that as well to your students you know like that would have been a very slow you know um passante or dirge or something like that and then there's other ones and of course at the end he's not sure he wants to even be an elf after some of this but by the end he decides he's glad he's an elf so it's very clever <laughs> yeah I, I would have definitely used it and i think it would be a fun one to do yeah, I think anything with a story for the kids as well, right. I think, is is just going to capture their imagination as well. Exactly. Well, my my choice for this grade uh, is one that I that I got to do last year. Uh, we have a brand new band in Balneslow, brand new kids band, and they uh, got to perform their first concert last year, and it was the last concert that we actually did with them, unfortunately, because twenty twenty, you know, um, and uh, a piece by Brian Balmages uh, called "A Festive Finale" was the piece that we finished the whole concert with. Uh, it's actually the second in a series of pieces that Brian wrote. Uh, "Festive Fanfare" is probably the more popular of the two, um, and it's the the original of the of the two pieces. Uh, but "A Festive Finale" um, was what we performed last year, and Ryan, my son, has been listening to it all year uh, because it's one of the three pieces he has performed as a band. <laughs> and so uh, he, he, he's, he, he absolutely loves the piece. And his favorite composer, if, you, if anyone asks him, he will say it's Brian Balmages um, because he's been able to play his music. <laughs> so, uh, so my choice is uh, Festa Finale. And it's um, just a great finisher. It would actually make a great opener to a concert as well. Um, Festive uh, fanfare is is a really good piece too uh, for anyone that wants to to, to find uh, something for a good opener to a concert too. But this is festive finale. Mm -hmm. 
Uh oh. We'll do, use our uh, sightseeing skills. That's right. So, Keith, we're not able to hear that. I don't know if you're hearing on your end, but we're not able to oh. hear it on our end. Okay. Um, I, I actually think I know what I might have done wrong. Well, uh, if you're listening live, I apologize, but I'll be able to add that <laughs> in for anyone listening to the podcast. Uh, it's a fun piece, and uh, it's um, it's uh, it's definitely worth looking into. Uh, Brian's music is fantastic because, uh, particularly his, his lower-end music, uh, it sounds mature. You know, it doesn't sound condescending in any way. Uh, to the kids that are performing it, it sounds full and it sounds uh, it sounds uh, like interesting music, which some junior band music just doesn't sometimes, unfortunately. Uh, so that is festive finale. Um, I played this a uh, year ago with my fourth band, so it works for high schoolers as well. Um, cool. And the and the nice thing we've been looking at a lot in 2020 is how thick music is, because uh, for public school this year, you never know when you're going to have. Uh, half of a section or a full section quarantined, even right, right before a performance. Um, like this year, I had my French horns two days before my performance all got quarantined. So we had to do the performance without them and then edit them in later. Uh, so having thick music that works has been really nice. And uh, I feel his music always is. Like it's, it's mm -hmm. always clarinet and trumpet or it's low brass and low reeds. So if you're missing one of those instruments, you can still have a great performance. Uh, Andrew uh, probably will probably agree with me on this as well. For for bands here in in Ireland, uh, we just we wouldn't have the same size. Um, particularly with beginner band, we're taking on much smaller groups um, each year, um, and so to to actually have something that that is quite easy to like any flex ensemble stuff is great for us. But Brian stuff works like really well for that same reason. It's not that it's flex ensemble, but it, but it actually works well. And a lot of thing, things doubling up with each other and and still sounding um selling full um andrew would you agree with that like yeah, that, that I, sort I, of i uh, discovered brian's music just last year um when darcy and Vaught williams came over and we had a band um camp for uh, halloween here in in waterford uh brass brass off yeah Fine. we had i think we had over was it 150 kids who met for i think three or four days never met each other from all different ensembles around the country and Darcy worked with a lot of Brian's music and it worked very quickly with a large group of people and it was so effective. Yeah. Um, so I've been using a lot of Brian's music since then as well. Um, and it's great that it's original music, you know, because a lot of the junior band music can be um, transcriptions of other pieces and things like that. But I, I know it's, it's great for us to use original compositions. And that's mm. something we're trying to encourage more of here in Ireland. Sure. Can I say that um, being the more senior teacher here, uh, there's another composer and arranger named Andy Ballant, uh, B-A-L-E-N-T. Some of you might know Mark, you might be aware of that name. He's probably not writing or arranging anymore. He's old enough, but he was very much, I see a lot of Andy in Brian Valmajor mm. in the way he makes the thick, the little bit sound so thick. So if you're looking for other composers, he's been out there and published for years and years and years. So Andy Ballant. Well, Gail, let's maybe also, start with you. Sorry, Mark, go ahead. No, go ahead, yeah. I was going to say, I think every publisher should put a piece of music out like they do his pieces. Like when I'm looking for a piece of music to be able to watch a score and yes. listen to a reference recording, 
it's so nice. And yes. <laughs> to a, a message to a publisher would be, I am more likely to buy a piece of music if I can see the piece of music first. So I love that all of Brian's music is like that. When you look mm -hmm. one of them up, immediately you're looking at it and I can go, man, I'm a little weak in clarinet this year. Let me follow the clarinet part. Okay, I'm yeah. going to buy this because yeah. I know they don't go above the break or something. Right. So exactly. um, yeah. Man, that has got so much easier in recent years though, hasn't it? It's gotten it better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, Mark, actually, let's let's maybe start with you on this uh, on this next round, actually. Um, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about uh, we're talking, and we're talking mostly about your work with high schools now at the moment. But uh, I was introduced to you via via drum corps uh, with Santa Clara Vanguard, and um, as someone that loves Christmas music so much, is it ever you know something that you would love to do is just do a big Christmas concert with a drum corps, you know, with that brass line? We've done at camps Christmas music before because yep. we tend to have November and December camps. So when we're trying to assess who's going to be in the drum corps, we'll hand out a piece of Christmas music, a brass arrangement, and just kind of use that for mm. assessment. But it's also neat because you're making music together and not just playing an etude. Um, and we're, we're also called a lot of times, back when we used to wear the red and the green, we used to be called the Christmas tree drum corps because we wore green <laughs> pants and a red top. Um, wow. So there, yeah, so there has uh, there is a lot of Vanguard Christmas connection in there. Uh, Russian Christmas music is actually something we did um, at our camps last year. It was going to be an encore we played this past summer, but did not come to fruition, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. we still have the music. We still got to play it. So good. But my uh, my grade three, mm. um, let's talk about that some, is when I was growing up, one of my favorite Christmas traditions was we would always go to church on Christmas Eve. We'd always go to the latest service. It was a candlelight service and we would end the service every year where everyone would light a candle and they'd turn off all the lights in the church and we would sing silent night to candlelight. Um, at the very end, you would extinguish your candle um, and everyone would dismiss. And I mean, all the way to me being barely able to walk. I remember that. And I remember the first year I could hold a candle and I remember um, just what a great experience it was. Um, and that was just, that's, it's always been in my brain as Christmas Eve. Um, so my piece I chose is called A Silent Night in Gotham by Julie Giroux. Mm -hmm. And it's just a beautiful setting um, of Silent Night. And then I, I've performed it twice now, I think, maybe three times, because I do like it a lot. Um, and the last time I did it, I wanted to recreate that experience. So we actually used the kids' cell phones to create the candlelight experience. So we turned off all the lights in the auditorium. Each kid put a cell phone up on their stand to see their music. And then I put one up on my podium so they could see me conducting. Um, and we performed a candlelight version of A Silent Night Gotham, which was which is pretty special. And it's it's Julie Giroux's music, so it's always scored so well. Um, she creates colors that uh, she's very unique to her. I think it's her movie scoring background, but it's, mm. it's always an instant concert favorite. And I would have played it this year on this concert because it's been four years since I played it, but it'll probably be one of those things I play every four years as I get a new set of high schoolers. Cause I, I never like to play the same piece more than once other than 
sleigh ride, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is one of the reasons I'm really excited about this podcast because I, uh, I know Julie's music, of course, uh, but I hadn't realized she had a setting of Silent Night until you sent it. And I've just been listening to it so much this week uh, since you sent it to me last week. So um, for anyone that doesn't know this already, this is uh, Silent Night and Gotham by Julie Drew. And I should have fixed the audio this time as well. So <laughs> let's see whether this works. Can we hear that? Oh, it's so hard to actually uh, figure out a place to actually stop playing this music. It's so beautiful. Um, yes. That is uh, Silent Night in Gotham by uh, Julie Giroux. Um, and uh, Gail, you you know Julie well. Uh, you've you've uh, played a lot of uh, uh, Julie's music uh, over the years. Uh, have you ever had a chance to play Silent Night in Gotham? No, in fact, I've only seen that title. I've never even really gone to look at it. Thank you, Mark. I will do that on the next year with my band. I I really like it greatly. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's one of those, I heard someone else play it, and I went, I need to try that. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Absolutely. It's really beautiful. Well, let's go. Let's um, let's um, go move to you then, Gail, and talk about your next pick. Um, so for your grade three to four selection. Okay, very good. Another thing that I do is I conduct the West Michigan Concert Winds, which is an 80 to 90 piece adult band. And um, we get to do a lot of really one fun things. And uh, so I, that's why I said, Mark, I'll definitely be doing this, that one next year, I think. But um, one of the things I found, I have found two old, old pieces. Uh, I look to see if they are uh, available. And I think the one that I'm going to talk about is available still out there. I think it's been rearranged and it's called the Suite of the Nutcracker Ballet. And um, one of the things I've taught forever and ever and ever is um, ballet music to my students as well as uh, modern opera and comic opera to my students, because I think it's something that's getting lost in our public schools today, both in the vocal and in the instrumental. And so because of it, I chose the uh, suite of, from the Nutcracker Ballet. And it is, a, they're little vignettes of pretty much every piece that would be in the Nutcracker. And of course, I don't know about you, you I know, Mark, you live in a, a larger city and Keith and Andrew, you can get to Dublin. Uh, I know in, for us, our local ballet always puts on the Nutcracker. It brings in a lot of money and it works to help them have money for their budget for the rest of the year to do their other shows. Um, but because of it, I've played in it, I've just done it all. And it's just an endearing music to, I think, all of the children in the world, really. That's the one beautiful thing. I think most every child in the world knows something from that. 
So this is a, a pretty little piece. The one I found was arranged by uh, Sam Daniels. Um, and it sounds very much like the one that I have. Mine, I think, is out of print. But this one is as close to it as what I play. And I do it with my adults often. And they all just melt when they get a chance to hear it and play it. So. Okay, so here we go. I had to play right up until the part where we hear the what should be a bass clarinet solo. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's definitely very much a, a Christmas uh, association for for me as well, and, and would be for us here in Ireland as well, Andrew, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I would remember playing that back in school orchestra years ago. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. Well, it allows that piece allows you to teach a lot if you're using it for teaching because it has so many styles within it. Uh, that to to use and so that's another reason I used it a lot in schools. I, and I think it was part of the score of Home Alone as well, was it? Or at least yeah. Yeah. variations on the Nutcracker. At least anyway, mm -hmm. something seems like it might have been from Home Alone as well. Maybe the first place I heard it <laughs> as a as a kid. Um, Andrew, um, let's hear about your choice. Um, and I think we were going. I think you were uh, going for an Irish one for this one. Yeah. Um, so, again, I, I know there's a lot of um, listeners that will be listening in tonight from the US and, and, and outside of Ireland. So I suppose I wanted to bring an Irish composer. Um, and so I'm going to talk about Fergal Carroll's piece, Winter Dances. And this will be a piece I think many Irish fans will probably be familiar with. And I'm not sure how familiar um, outside of Ireland and they might be with, um, with this piece. But um, I suppose Ireland traditionally very Christian society, but it's moving far more into more secular society. And I was trying to think of pieces that would, I suppose, reflect that, um, you know, um, very different kind of um, dynamics than what would be happening, I suppose, at Christmas in the States and that. So Winter Dances, I suppose, for me, um, portrays that idea of of just, I suppose, the beginning of a new year, um, you know, everything that happens around winter um, and, and all that feeling of excitement of something something new and something new that's happening. So Fergus' piece is is a piece that's written in three movements, um, November, December and January, um, slow movement in the middle. It's, it's hugely atmospheric and it has nuances of just, um, you can hear the, I suppose, the festive season throughout his melodies. Um, and I suppose what I was thinking with this piece particularly as well was that like prior to Christmas, Ireland is very much synonymous with, I suppose, the Celtic traditions and Celtic um, festivals and all that. And we're coming towards um, the winter um, equinox, um, I think, on Monday. And definitely this piece kind of encapsulates that idea of just tradition and festivity and, and all those different things. Um, Fergal um, is, is a fantastic composer. Um, 
all of us here in Ireland would be very familiar with his work. Um, he's from Clonmel in County Tipperary, um, would have studied in Waterford and then later went on to study composition in uh, Manchester um, with the likes of um, Adam Garb. Um, we, we've played his, his work quite a lot. Um, his music is very, very accessible, um, particularly for, I suppose, the majority of the bands that we have here in Ireland, which are largely community bands that might meet once a week. Um, so a lot of his work, there's a challenge within his pieces, but absolutely accessible for the type of musicians that we're working with. Um, we were fortunate to feature him again more recently with the Irish Symphonic Wind Orchestra um, with one of his pieces called Zethus. Um, and, and again, you know, I, I think featuring Irish composers and Irish wind band composers, um, you know, something we're trying to really, really, um, I suppose, encourage. And there's, there's so many new composers now coming out of Ireland. Um, and I suppose because of, of our country and traditions, there's so much um, material there for com composers to work with. Um, and you hear that in Fergal's work um, throughout. Um, another piece that would be very familiar um, to lots of us would be his Blackwater. Um, you know, and again, that would be a, a hugely played piece of his music um that we all enjoy playing so yeah it's winter dances was my choice for for that i suppose community level band had you got a movement in mind that i should play um, Andrew? um not particularly um the the slow, the slow movement is, is is beautiful it actually features soprano sax um which is really lovely um you know you don't always get to hear that in wind band so it's nice when when you do have those opportunities well, well, I'm waiting for that to load up just for a second. Uh, uh, for people that might uh, might might not know Fergal, they might actually know his father, uh, who was Danny Carroll, and Danny was on the board for Wasby for many years too, uh, a legend of the the marching and concert band scene here, uh, an incredibly strong band scene down in Clonmel that has been built around the Carrolls, and they've done a huge amount of work there in Clonmel over the years. Um, and uh, actually, Fergal was my my commanding officer for for a number of years, and uh, just an absolute uh, uh, gentleman to uh, to work with. So uh, here is the second movement of Winter Dances, uh, performed at Wasby in two thousand and seven in Killarney in Ireland. So actually, my my apologies. This is the third movement. <laughs> For anyone that knows his uh, Blackwater piece, there's definitely there's elements of that in that third movement as well. So my apologies, that was meant to be the second one. Uh, I obviously can't read Roman numerals. I am going for an eye test on Tuesday, though, so uh, that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> I really like that one, Andrew. Thanks for sharing that one. Yeah, can I ask a question, actually, because I was reading some of the notes on this, and um, Fergal wrote down that Ireland works off the Celtic calendar, so our winter is actually 
November, December, and January. Is that different to the US? Uh, yes, uh, our winter doesn't technically start until the equinox. Okay. So oh. Still in what would be fall. And then winter starts on the equinox and goes until probably uh, April, I guess, uh, technically. So uh, that's the way I understand it. Mark, do you know anything different where you live? Uh, I'm in Texas, so we don't have the season of winter. Uh, that doesn't exist <laughs> down here. It's just less hot for a little bit. So like today it's 70. Um, but yeah, that's from what I understand. So I've always like someone will tell me it's the first day of winter. I'm like, sure. I'm wearing shorts. Yeah, like it's the same. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that is different, Andrew. That's interesting. Very and interesting. Actually, actually in the notes, they said as well that um, they could have just renamed all the three movements just August. That would have worked for the weather that we get here. <laughs> Fergal put that in the notes, did he? I think actually, I think it was a. I'm not sure was it Tim Rainish or, or Mark Heron. It was on. It was one on one of the analysis of the, of the pieces. Yeah, uh, Tim has been a big advocate of uh, Fergal's work as well over the years. <laughs> uh, has recorded a huge amount of his stuff, particularly when he was over in the US doing a lot of those recordings. Um, so uh, if you're not already familiar with Fergal's work, uh, I highly recommend this um, to go out. And that might be the starting point for you to start listening and programming some some more Irish uh, composers and maybe by extension uh, composers by, by other nationalities too. Um, so uh, my choice was a really easy one. Uh, I picked Sleigh Ride uh, for my for my grade three to four. It, it's it's listed as a number of grades. I know there is easier versions of Sleigh Ride as as well. There's a grade two version that works very well. Yeah. Um, I think the original seems to be fall around. Most people seem to say that it's around grade four. So I put it in as my grade four. I think it's a tough grade four. Um, honestly, I, I've seen a lot of clarinet players struggling, with, particularly the, the that first line. I played that for years, and I know that's that's a that's quite tricky. So maybe a, a tough grade four, but I'm gonna I'm gonna include it there because that's where most people seem to be settling on. For anyone that doesn't know it, uh, originally an orchestral piece, but I think is is, is synonymous with with concert band and Christmas. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Mark, it seems to be just as popular in Texas as it is in Michigan, as it is here in Ireland. Uh, you've played this a lot, Mark, in, in Texas? Um, for me and for everyone I've ever known, it's on every Christmas concert of every high school band yeah. as a tradition. <laughs> it's a piece that you just know, it's Christmas, we're going to play Sleigh Ride. So uh, mm. it's kind of a rite of passage for clarinet players, as you talk about with that. <laughs> First clarinet part, and uh, we call it the bucket of fish rhythm. Bucket of fish, bucket of fish, bucket of fish. Uh, that's kind of the the thing that you kind of get to test your metal. So if you're sitting there as a third clarinet player, and as you start to be a senior, it's like, okay, now it's your turn to suffer and play this part. But yeah, it's a it's a definite tradition. It's on our radio stations, and it's always the Boston Pops version mm -hmm. that's on our radio stations. I think the John Williams conducting it was the one that you tend to hear. Uh, department stores as you go out. And tell me, like Leroy Anderson uh, also had wrote, you know, has Christmas Festival to his name, and and certainly here when I put it put it this on Facebook yesterday that we were doing this and asked for people's comments, the the one piece that most people uh, said was wasn't actually Sleigh Ride. There was a good few people commenting that, but it was Christmas Festival. Um, certainly for me, Christmas Festival is the definition of Christmas. Um, well, I remember the first time that I got the opportunity to play it with a band. It just 
felt like magic the first time that I played it. It feels like magic every time I play it since. Uh, I absolutely love it. Um, I didn't go with it for this one because I think people know it. <laughs> Not that people don't know Sleigh Ride either, but um, is Christmas Festival just as popular in the US scale as it, as, as yeah. Sleigh Ride or would Sleigh Ride be the more popular? At the high school that I taught at, if you were in the first band, you played, uh, I, I want to say it was probably Sleigh Ride. And then in the second band or vice versa, probably. And then the other one was Christmas Festival because you could sing along to that. That's like a you could bring the audience in to sing. So that was a big deal. And the horse winning at the end of Sleigh Ride was always a senior trumpet player. That was an honor. Yeah. It was a huge honor to be allowed to play the horse winning. The kids would be practicing for years to be able to do that. Horse <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Big There's a pretty there's a pretty funny YouTube right now that's uh, the many winnies of Sleigh Ride. <laughs> and it's just back to back. I think it's about 50 of them in a row, all oh. of different success levels. Oh, that's hilarious. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to play the last uh, the last minute or so of, of, of the, the piece, um, and I will uh, fade it in uh, so that we can hear that, that, that uh, famous Winnie. So here okay. we go. How do we rate that, Winnie? <laughs> he was uh, a bit far away from the microphone, I think. I, I'm not. I'm not sure what what instruments you play, American Gale. But as a trumpet player, when that piece comes out, there's just a dread of knowing that coming up, and you're waiting for that moment at the very end, and just the relief yeah. is over. Yes, I'm a trombone player. What do you play, Mark? I'm a tuba player. It's my primary instrument. Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, and also the person playing the the yeah. slap. That's always something that's they're kind of nervous about too, you know. So. <laughs> right. so we've we've used a actual whip for it. Have you? Oh yeah. Is the timing becomes very difficult, but oh, uh, yeah, we've used an actual whip. <laughs> so you so giving a whip to kids must be uh, must be challenging in itself. <laughs> well, we have since stopped that practice because it's uh, <laughs> it's always very tenuous at the concert and how close they stand to be seen. So we. Uh, we've gone to the straight up slapstick. <laughs> yeah, good, good call. Good it would call. work well with the social distancing, though. I guess. What'd you say? It would work well with the social distancing. Oh, it does. It does work well with the social distancing. <laughs> That's great. Good. Well, we're on to our uh, final round of, of pieces. We're on to our grade five plus. And, and I know we were talking before the show um, a little bit about this, and, and Andrew made the point about this. Um, and and, and I, I, I'll talk to you a little bit about this, Andrew. We don't often get a chance to play some sort of more symphonic wind band music for Christmas. Um, number one, because many of our bands are community bands and, and don't play at that level all the time. Uh, and, and then also just... They don't have time to rehearse. Uh, you have, have two bands uh, that you look after now at the moment, um, and there's a lot of work to do at Christmas time. So 
um tell me a little bit about your what your your normal christmas routine is like yeah, band. I, I guess the christmas our bands turn into um it, it our amateur musicians turn into professional musicians because we're called upon for so many different events um whether it's civic events playing in the town and um, whether it's playing a church or, or or whatever so our fundraising and um, christmas is, is our lar- is our largest time of the year where we can um actually make money to survive for the full year and um, so like at the moment our bands are out every weekend fundraising and collecting so we have to keep our programs very condensed very audience friendly again like that you know our community bands could be between you know 30 40 players but you don't know who you're going to have on a day so it has to be very flexible that the pieces will work with a small group um you know so i i struggled a little bit with with this um choice of music and um, for the grade five plus because again like that we don't have the opportunity to to choose music of that level um and rehearse it and perform it and have the instrumentation available to us to to be able to do that so uh you eventually did manage to find someone and and, and i know yeah. with a composer that you've uh you've actually programmed a bit a little bit recently and yeah. you've become a bit of a fan of of his music tell me about this yeah, um, so I, I've picked A Christmas Overture by Nigel Hess. Um, Nigel Hess is is a British composer. Um, and I, I would have heard about Ni- Nigel for, from, from previous years, but I suppose this year um, one of his pieces, um, New London Pictures, was um, the test piece that was chosen for the Irish National Band Championships. Um, so my band was um, rehearsing that piece. It's a fantastic piece, um, three movements, um, and unfortunately, we never got to perform it because COVID hit in and nationals were due to take place in April. Um, and we had been rehearsing right up to, to March. Um, so hopefully we get a chance to perform that piece at some point. But Nigel um, writes a lot for um, movies and he's written a lot for, for um, screen. Um, and this particular piece that I chose in a Christmas overture, I suppose, is my homage to a Christmas festival um, because everybody loves a Christmas festival. But I was looking for something a bit different. Um, it, this piece was originally um, commissioned by John Rutter, um, and you might know John Rutter as the, the famous composer of, of many Christmas carols and Christmas music. And it was commissioned by him um, for orchestra originally, um, but this is a transcription for, for wind band. Um, it features all our, um, I suppose, favourite Christmas carols, um, but I just think it's a really exciting and thrilling arrangement of those carols. And I, I would love to perform it at some stage. It just has that excitement and energy, I think, Christmas festival gives and um, that we talked about, but maybe a lesser known um, piece of music. Uh, here we go. Um, hopefully this one works. I think of. And as you can hear, that's the orchestral arrangement of of uh, Christmas Overture, uh, and the band arrangement of it. Is it originally uh, for string or- orchestra, Andrew, yeah, or is it for it... for full orchestra? Yeah, full um, orchestra. The transcription is for for wind band. Yeah. Ah, very good. And uh, Nigel's music is is uh, fantastic, and it's it is exciting music too. It's very mm-hmm. audience friendly, uh, yet challenging at times too. Um, and uh, would Nigel Hess be uh, a, a composer that you would be aware of in the in the US at all, uh, Gail? 
I know, I know who he is. Yes. Mm. And I have a quick question. Did he transcribe it for band or did someone else? He transcribes it. Yes. Oh, that's nice. It's done by the actual yeah. Ridge Arranger. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He, I know his name. He wrote the soundtrack um, to Ladies in Lavender. And that was actually a piece we were rehearsing recently as well. There's a beautiful band arrangement of that for okay. a flute and mobile solo. It's, it's really lovely. Nice. Thanks. So, Gail, what was your um, grade five plus piece for band? You and you would have the opportunity to do some of this sort of music with the West Michigan concert band. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Um, well, my first thought immediately, of course, was Russian Christmas music, which is a beautiful, beautiful ancient uh, hymn that goes on, and it's really a challenging piece to put together. But I figured that one of the four or three of you would do that, which you didn't, I don't think. But anyway, so because of it, I chose instead to do the uh, variants on a medieval tune, which is a Norman Del Joyo piece, uh, uh, an older composer, but a fantastic composer. Sort of when transcriptions stopped in American music, band music, it was all transcribed out of orchestras back in the 30s and 40s. And then there were these many, many composers that started writing themselves a much more modern style of music. Um, and certainly he was one of those, Norman Dello Joyo. Um, he actually didn't always do um, band works. It was primarily orchestral and choral. He was very much a choral man. Uh, he went to Boston University. He went to Juilliard and then taught, excuse me, he taught at Boston University. He went to Juilliard, excuse me. and. Um, but he did a lot of amazing, um, very avant-garde modern style, which then he transforms it into this beautiful um, in Dolce Jubilo, which of course is, um, um, I can't think of it, what's the one? Good Christian Men Rejoice. Well, last, a lot of us will know, recognize it from that. So it is a challenging work. It's definitely a five plus, I would say, uh, in, and five plus in the States for sure. Um, you hear it done by really, really fine high school bands. Texas, I'm sure, as a piece that was done back in the 70s and 80s was probably very, very popular at that time. In fact, if it's the if it's the arrangement that I sent you, the recording, Keith, this is it the is. University of Michigan bands. It was recorded in the 1960s, and William Ravelli was the conductor of this particular um, recording. Oh, it's all up there. Sorry, didn't realize that. No, that's okay. Uh, and we'll go from the beginning of this, scale. Is that a, that a good place to go from? Yeah, start there, but let it go until you can hear the, the Christian men rejoice, which is not okay. in very far. Will do. Thank you. We'll see what the copyright people say, but we will do. Oh, you won't go very far. Maybe a minute with that. Thank you. 
Yeah, that's good. And I'm gonna. One of the one of the reasons I like yeah. this is it features the brass, it features the woodwind very much, and it really features percussion. So if you have quite a well balanced ensemble with really good artists in the in the solo lines, this is a, a beautiful beautiful work. Um, it's, it's sort of a long piece, but compared to both you know, orchestral music, this is nothing lengthwise. So. It's it's not a piece that I've uh, I've I've ever been aware of. Uh, Andrew, had you ever come across that here in Ireland? No. Keith, you would like it's got a alto clarinet part that's pretty important there. Let's be good. Yeah, alto and bass clarinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love I love I love the uh, texture of adding that with the piccolo there as well. It was a. Uh, it was a it was a really nice uh, nice orchestration. Um, yeah, that's definitely one I'm going to have to have to have to look at. Now that's what I'm hoping to get out of this. You guys find out a little bit about Fergal's music. We find out a little bit about this. Um, actually, uh, I'm going to um, do my five plus next because the piece after that um, is Marx. It was a piece that I had never heard of before. Uh, but yesterday when I put it up. Uh, asking for people's uh, uh, opinions on this. Uh, your your piece, Mark, was something that a number of people commented, and they were all people from the US as well. So um, uh, I think it'd be a really interesting one to listen to. My my, my choice um, was Russian Christmas music uh, by Alfred Reed. Yeah, uh, Alfred Reed. Um, I had the opportunity to do this uh, very early on in my career with the Army Band. And we did a Christmas concert down in Cork uh, and uh, had the opportunity. I think it was Brendan Power, Colonel Brendan Power at the time was conducting conducting it. It's the first one and only time that I performed it. It's the one and only time that I've actually heard it performed uh, as well. Brendan would have been, um, he's retired now, but he would have been uh, uh, an advocate of bringing new music into the into the defense forces all the time. Um, and uh, it's it's a fantastic piece of music. Um, I At parts, it reminded me of Pine of Rome. I, I think uh, actually the par part that I have highlighted here to, to, to begin on um, is around that section. And it's just, it's a different type of, of, of uh, Christmas music. Mark, you were saying earlier on that uh, in fact it's, it's part of your, your testing in Texas. It's, it's something that you would hear quite a lot in April. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's on our UIL list. So we have a list of music we have to play off of for our concert band, basically assessment festival. Um, I think it's a similar list to Michigan. I think we kind of trade things back and forth, but uh, you basically have to choose, depending on the level, the size of your school, you have to choose a little bit harder piece of music. So it's on our grade five list. Um, it would be played by usually the top high school ensembles. A couple of our second bands will play it, um, the really advanced second bands, but uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing piece. It's very moving. Well, here we go. This is uh, Russian Christmas music by Alfred Reed. Thank you. 
What an epic Christmas piece. <laughs> Has anyone seen um, the most, uh, it's a fairly recent um, Christmas uh, Christmas movie called The Last, The Rise of the Guardians? I've only heard of it. Oh, well, yeah. there's a Russian Santa Claus in it. And uh, that's what I imagine when I listen to that piece of music oh. now, is that uh, Russian Santa Claus, he's a badass on the Santa <laughs> Claus. And uh, it's it's a very fun movie if you haven't seen it already. Uh, but uh, I, I just, I love that piece of music. And, and I wish that I had the opportunity to uh, play it again at, or, 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 at some point in my career. So um, uh, maybe, maybe I will. Uh, Mark, uh, your piece of music, as I mentioned earlier on, was something that I had never heard about. But obviously, it's quite popular um, uh, in the US with a number of bands. Tell me about it. Yes, it's called Minor Alterations. It's got a longer title, Christmas Looking Through the Looking Glass Darkly. Uh, and then the simplest uh, explanation of it is Christmas music set in minor keys. Um, and from a teaching piece, it's, it's wonderful because normally selling minor music can be a bit of a challenge. Selling minor music that never leaves minor and doesn't do a Picardy third and kind of go to major eventually can be a bit of a challenge. But the Christmas... Part of it, it's kind of a catch for the kids. So they're all of a sudden playing things they're used to. Yeah. And uh, from a sight reading standpoint, it's great because they'll play what they've heard before. And you're like, wait a minute, that's not what's written. Like, check out your key again. See what's going on here. Uh, I love teaching tuning tendencies, of course, like teaching what part of the chord gets lowered and raised. And, you know, the first time you're doing a minor chord and you're like, okay, who has the third? We're raising that. They're like, raising that? What are you talking about? We don't raise a third. And so it's it's an amazing teaching piece. Um, and it's neat for the audience, too. You would, you would kind of worry. Like, when I first heard about this, I would go, is this going to lose the audience? But it's not. It's so catchy still. Um, and he actually has a sequel as well. There is a Minor Alterations 2, um, which I have not performed. I've listened to. Uh, but, yeah, uh, a co-worker of mine recommended this to me. And... Uh, even a band down here in the Houston area did it for a marching show. They did an entire Christmas marching show that featured minor alterations as it's kind of uh, ongoing theme throughout. So um, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, it, it definitely was a piece I'm glad that someone told me about so I could explore it. Hey, Mark, may I ask who, who yes. wrote um, Nightmare Before Christmas? Uh, the music, it's Danny Elfman, and, and I've done this piece too uh, that you're talking about. And Danny Elfman, he's all over this piece. Mm. Can, well, the funny this. thing was, I started playing it, and it was one of those things we learned it faster than I thought. And I decided to yeah. program a third piece for the concert. Yeah. And I kept talking about the Nightmare Before Christmas, and some of the kids were like, "I'm not sure what you talk about." So I actually programmed it with the Nightmare cool. Before Christmas, yeah. so kids yeah. were able to hear. The Danny yeah. Elfman uh, oh, yeah. influence on it. You will, cool. if you know that movie, you'll hear it in this. Yeah. yeah. Well, here we go. Here's a uh, minor alterations. <laughs> Thank you. 
Oh, I, I hate, I hate, I hate this mute button. I hate having to mute all this really good music. Uh, it's a really fun piece. I had to listen to the whole thing uh, during the week, Mark, uh, and it's definitely something. And it, it, as a grade five piece goes, I think it's still quite playable. Um, Andrew, uh, for some of our concert bands here as well, I think that it, you know, we know the music. Yeah, you know, yeah. we know we know the melodies, uh, and and it's setting it in that minor setting. Um, it's it it seems like a like it would be a very audience friendly piece too. And it's scored really well. I've done this with both a first ensemble and a second ensemble, so it is playable by. It's it's not it's not one of those like Russian Christmas music. You have to have a certain band to play that. Right. Uh, minor alterations is you have a pretty upper level group. They can learn it in two or three weeks. It's not one that takes six weeks to learn. Um, and it's it's fun, and they enjoy working on it. So it obviously helps. So it, and it reminds me a lot. There's a lot of Julie Giroux Christmas music as well. I think the album you played off of is all Julie Giroux Christmas music. <laughs> and uh, Stocking Full of Composers is one of them. It's it's I like the transitional stuff they do is really cool too. Like it, like you heard there, you, as soon as you thought it was over, it goes into something completely different. And it's through composed. It's not multi movement like you would expect. And then the layering, kind of the, the modern day mashup, like the way mm -hmm. they take different melodies and layer on top. Julie's is Christmas music combined with other well-known music. Mm -hmm. uh, so she'll do Beethoven with Christmas and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we usually do a, almost like a musical petting zoo, like you do with uh, elementary kids. Like, okay, we're going to play stocking full of composers. How many composers can you hear and see how <laughs> many can, can yeah. hear it? So it's a lot of fun. I know I added one there. I didn't mean to add one. But that's okay. <laughs> well, we're going to go around if you if you have any uh, very quick um, uh, additional extras, honorable mentions um, that you would like to uh, mention now. Uh, let's start with you, Andrew. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, a Wexford carol was the one that sprung to mind. Again, it's another um, Irish traditional carol. I think, I believe it's actually one of the oldest carols that was ever written. Um, and there's a few arrangements of this out there um, from very beginning band to more advanced ensemble. Um, so I definitely recommend having a look at that. It's a beautiful piece, um, beautiful melody. And as I said, there's there's several arrangements of it there um, to take a look at. Gail? Keith, you, you did the Wexford Carol uh, at this concert last year, about a year That's ago. Right. Yes. Yeah. He came and conducted a concert here in Michigan with us. Um, and um, you did the Wexford Rhapsody. Well, we did Wexford Rhapsody for yeah for that yeah, and we did um, the um, what else? We, we Longford Legend as well, actually. Yes, right. And, and and my March my March team podcast is all going to be Irish music as well. So we're gonna do, a lot, do we're going to do a lot more there. Uh, we'll have two programs: Irish music by American composers and Irish music by Irish composers. That's great. <laughs> I have um, one that I want to share with people too. And if you're looking for like a 15-piece chamber work, uh, Christmas stuff, Leroy Anderson did. Uh, it's called Suite of Carols, and they're all beautiful, beautiful carols. They're sorry, my cats. <laughs> um, they're they're beautiful carols that are very well done, very um, European sounding. Most of them. Um, there's one for woodwind choir. You do have to have, I think, a either a double B flat bass. I mean, a B flat bass or an E flat bass. I'm not sure which. I'd have. To, I think it's the B flat. So you'd have to have that, um, and, in, and an alto clarinet. Um, they also have a brass choir, and the and the the carols are different for all of them. They're not like the same ones that he just transposed. They're all different. So you could do your woodwinds and your brass uh, brass 
Suite of Carols by Leroy Anderson. And then there's strings also. So if anyone is dealing with um, orchestral things, there are three different separate pieces and they're not easy to find anymore. They are still out there though, because I just bought the brass and woodwind one this year, hoping to do it, all set to go. And we couldn't use 15 people at the time I wanted to do it. So I didn't get to do it this year, but um, I would recommend that highly, especially for high school groups or mm -hmm. small groups. Um, you do have to have some of the instrumentation, but it's definitely beautifully written. Leroy Anderson wrote them all himself. So. I I think it's also it's so important for every band to have that that small book of individual carols that they yes. that they choose to use, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Mark, you might know about this. They're the little green books. They're about this big for brass. Yep. Do you remember those? And I would yeah, I was, was going to tell you, <laughs> right? Andrew should know about that because of all the stuff you do, Andrew. Well, we have the red, the red carol book. Red ones. There's green ones that I think are even better, personally. Yeah. I think that they're better arranged. So, you know, we'll figure out how to get that information to you. But we used to use it when I was in high school, like when the dinosaurs were rolling yeah. around. So, yeah. It's a C, B flat, E flat. It's like in each key right. and each one has all the parts. So you can but just intermix and you can send out chamber groups. And yeah, right. they're great. Yeah. Really nicely arranged. Yeah. Mark, you had some honorable mentions uh, in, in your list that you sent me. Yeah, so my definite honorable mention is Sussex Mummer's Christmas Carol by mm -hmm. Granger. Mm -hmm. um, it's gorgeous. Um, it's in that slow 4-4 four four where you conduct the eighth note. Uh, it's got D-flat for its key, D-flat and G-flat. So you get to keep some uh, new keys and get some really different colors coming out. Um but it's a gorgeous piece of music and it's not played too much um, of all the Grangers. I think it's, it's, I mean, it's, it could be called a Christmas song. I don't think, I think it just has Christmas in the title, like we talked about before, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a gorgeous piece of music. I actually did it. Uh, I took my band to London and we did this in this um, 16th century cathedral and I had this long delay. And the last chord is D flat major. And I remember cutting off, and it was it felt like 10 minutes that the chord was just still <laughs> ringing uh yes. in this church so uh but it's great and i always like i you know for us we're in marching band most of the fall and so our percussionists aren't in our band classes so a lot of times i always try to program things for the christmas concert that doesn't need percussion or needs minimal percussion uh and the case of such it's mummers there's no percussion parts there's no timpani there's no cymbals it's 100 percent wins so it, it always works well. That's cool. And of course, um, The Night Before Christmas is a huge American one. I don't know if it is in Ireland or not, where you have the person speaking through all of it and telling yeah. the story of Twas the Night Before Christmas. That's a fun one. And I'll tell you, the speaker has to be really good at timing. You can't just- and You did that last year, Gail, didn't you? Or was it um, your colleague that did did that last year? My colleague did it, uh, Chuck Hodson. Yeah. Chuck Hodson, yeah, yeah, I knew there was Chuck, yeah. Right. We, so, did, we, did, we did that one last year as well. It was it's so fun. So yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, there was a few, uh, there was a few honorable mentions on the Facebook post, um, over the week, um, of, of course, uh, Christmas festival and sleigh ride where by far, um, the vast majority of the, uh, of the, uh, arrangements that were, were, were named, but, um, we also had, uh, Wilcox Hark the Herald. Uh, we had last Christmas by Wham. <laughs> Thanks, Julie Quinlan, for that. <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm sure there is an arrangement of it out there. Uh, I, I haven't come across one. Um, we had um, uh, a lot of people saying Leroy is the king of Christmas. 
um the christmas song uh, of course um uh, we have more i'll be home for christmas and uh let's have one last one here um festival uh, Damien Gallagher mentioned oh. festival, festival then as well. Uh, a Carol of the Bells is something that didn't come up uh, during the conversation tonight then as well. Uh, like that's a, a, a one that just instantly feels like Christmas. And again, Home Alone <laughs> was the first place I ever, ever ever heard that. So Home Alone taught me a lot about music, obviously, as a kid. Another, <laughs> another beautiful one, if you want to do something with chorus really quickly, and it's from the Polar Express, uh, the movie Polar Express. Oh, yeah. It's called Believe. Oh, hmm. It, it, I can hardly conduct it. I get so teared up when children's choirs are singing it and you're playing it. It's just so beautiful. Uh, I would highly recommend. It's not hard. It's a very easy arrangement. And then the kids can sing it. Polar Express. Mm. Uh, and, and then we had um, it, Stars and Stripes for Christmas. Is this a, is this a Christmas around? I've done yeah. that one. It, yeah. it's, uh, it would be in the probably grade two, maybe towards the three, but it's it's yeah. your... Land the Stars and Stripes March style with Christmas carols. It's great. It <laughs> with sleigh bells. <laughs> it's written yep. really well, actually. Sleigh bells and snare drum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much, guys, for uh, for joining me for this uh, first uh, repertoire happy hour. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, for anyone that ha has missed the the whole show uh, and maybe have missed some of the selection, there will be a YouTube playlist made up of this entire program, um, and uh, we will we will put together the program as selected by our panel today and put it up as a YouTube playlist for anyone that would like to listen to it. Um, Mark, can I find, can people find out a little bit more about you or your band or any of the programs that you're involved in? Where would they go? Uh, well, Santa Clara Vanguard uh, is a, has a website. We'll be doing some things this summer. We won't be going to Indianapolis, but we're going to be doing some, uh, live events with small groups of Vanguard members. So some more chamber-based things and um, some visual-based things. So we'll be doing some things coming out soon. Our media team will start to push out, but that's scvanguard.org. And then the Brazos Wood, so it's spelled B-R-A-Z-O-S Wood, W-O-O-D, high school band. And uh, our jazz band's putting together a concert for February that we were recording last night. and. Uh, doing it in this new 2020 style. We have a whole uh, media team with like a 360 camera and a big arm. and uh, But they, they've put together a pretty killer recording that should come out in uh, February that we're excited about. That sounds very cool and very Texas and yeah. uh, definitely something for the rest of us to aspire to, Mark. Uh, Andrew, any 360 cameras kicking around in Limerick at the moment? Uh, I, well, having said that, you guys did pretty well in recent grants from uh, Music Network. Congratulations on, yeah. on, on that. Um, yeah. And uh, what are you guys up to now? Yeah, as you as you said, um, we don't have any 360 cameras, but we were successful in getting some funding for... Um, some new timpani and tubular bells and things like that so um we'll be definitely looking at some rep for that um so pretty much break now for christmas um not sure what's going to happen in january and um, we don't know what way the restrictions and things like that are going to be um st patrick's day will be coming up soon again so we were not sure what's going to happen for all that um so it'll be quite quite christmas from now on and we'll see what happens but for for any to keep up to date with us Boher boy brass and reed band that's B-O-H-E-R-B-U-O-Y. Um, Boher Boy, Brass and Reed. I'll put it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, and Redemptor Centre of Music as well. So you can check out those two um, on, on Google and uh, you can keep up to date with anything that we're doing. 
Thanks, Andrew. And Gail, uh, you're one of the busiest uh, people I know. Uh, you, I know uh, when I met you, you were talking about retirement. And since you've retired, you have been busier than you've ever been. So tell me about all of the various different things you're up to and where people can find out more about your work. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I thought when I retired, that would be like, yeah, I'll just whatever. But man, I'm, I'm busy, busy. Um, I am the president-elect of the Association of Concert Bands, which is a national organization, international, actually, for um, concert bands, adult concert bands in the world. And so I've been very, very busy with that. Uh, we are doing a thing called ACB Connects, and we put out uh, information uh, of like an hour long like this is about things that are going on for adult bands. Uh, we've done all the things about the air propellants, and we've done all kinds of things that, that has to do with safety, and we've talked about, you know, the emotions and how 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 do we handle just what we're dealing with. We had uh, Dr. Tim Laufenheiser here for that, and so we've had we've done a lot of really great things, and that's going to continue. Um, so that's happening. And if you're interested in that, it's uh, Association of Concert Bands (ACB). Just Google it, and uh, we have a web page, and you can become a member for 45 bucks a year. Such a deal. So if there's an organization out there that's interested, contact me. Um, and then my West Michigan concert wins. That's uh, we have a website and we're on Facebook and it's WMCW West Michigan Concert Wins. I'm the conductor of that, and uh, we've got a release coming out tomorrow. And then we'll have a couple more. Hopefully, if fingers and cross, we can do some summer playing this year. We didn't get to play at all, as all of us since March, really. So my people are really chomping at the bit to get together. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you, Keith and Mark and Andrew. It's been just a joy to be with you tonight. I I really appreciate being being involved. So thanks, Keith. Well, a big thank you to you, Gail, uh, and thank you to to all three of you for your for, for being here for this first of, of these podcasts. If people would like to find out more about this podcast, which is a monthly podcast, um, or any of the podcasts uh, that I'm producing, we have a weekly podcast called The Global Band Room, another weekly podcast all about Irish banding called The Bands of Ireland Podcast, and then there are a couple of documentaries, uh, including Finding Drum Corps, which you'll hear Mark uh, a lot in, and a new uh, documentary, which has uh, recently been recorded, uh, uh, and we'll be launching in the new year called Bandemic, which is a, a reflection on how we've all handled the last year. Um, this uh, th this podcast will will be monthly, as I mentioned, and next month's theme uh, is called Hope. It's a new year. It's a new start. We've had a rough year in 2020. And I think if anyone was planning a January concert, which is always a rough deal in the first place anyway, trying to plan a concert in January. Uh, but I think 2020, 2021 in January, I think Hope would be a good uh, program to plan. To plan. So uh, if anyone has any suggestions, uh, if they want to email me, if anyone would like to come onto the podcast at any stage, send me an email, Keith at globalbandroom.com. And apart from that have a happy christmas happy new year and uh thank you to all three of my guests uh tonight mark nichols gail brechting andrew jordan happy christmas and a happy new year to you guys as, as well okay. merry christmas happy new year good night guys bye bye bye